This podcast is a quest for well-being, a quest for a meaningful life through the exploration of fundamental truths. Enlightening ideas, insights on physical, mental, and spiritual health. The inspiration is love. The aspiration is to awaken new ways of thinking that can lead us to a new way of being. Being well. Welcome to Body, Mind, and Soul Healing Conversations. Frank has worked as a health and fitness coach for the past 15 years, helping men gain muscle, lose fat, and build physiques that enhance their strength, power, and self-confidence. Although Frank's work as an online fitness coach has enabled him to help thousands of men around the world be featured in many of the top online media outlets, receive millions of views on YouTube videos, and have the opportunity to work with many leading bodybuilders, he still felt like something was missing that there was something greater for him. When he was very young and unprepared, he was introduced to pornography. His first exposure to a hustler type of magazine was sometime around the age of six to seven. During that time and for almost 30 years after, he was unaware of the negative effects of a daily and sometimes multiple times a day consumption of pornography on his minds and bodies. Frank found freedom in 2019 and has now dedicated his life and work to helping other high-achieving men like you get rid of this dirty little secret that is silently killing their productivity and preventing them from experiencing everything life has to offer. Valeria interviews Frank Rich. He is the author of Discover the Seven Steps to Quitting Porn for Good and Living the Life You Were Created to Live. Frank Rich is a former bodybuilder, entrepreneur, men's health coach, and the host of the Superhuman Life podcast. He is also the founder and CEO of Rebuilt Recovery, a company that provides fitness training as well as one-to-one coaching for men aiming to break free from porn addiction. After battling addiction, depression, and anxiety for almost 20 years, his mission is to help suffering men take back control of their lives through the power of faith and fitness. Frank has been seen and featured in USA Today, ABC, NBC, Fox, Ask.com, WWE.com, Breaking Muscle, Muscular Development, and more. Frank has helped over 2,500 men transform their physiques through his online coaching platform. He believes through transparency and having real and raw conversations, men can create the lives they've always dreamt of. Get ready for a conversation with a driven, experienced, and compassionate expert who has a passion for helping others grow. Meet Frank at RebuiltRecovery.com. Here's the interview with Frank Rich. In your own words, who is Frank Rich? Oh, wow. Um, such a great question. Um, and, and one that I struggle with, to be completely honest, because I, I, I don't want it to come across like I'm bragging in any way. But I think if I had to describe who who is Frank, Frank is a, a man of God first. Uh, so I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. 
Um, and that, you know, that really sets the frame, the worldview that I guess I see everything at now outside of that, I, I want to live for others. I mean, I truly embody and try to embrace uh, servant leadership. So I want to be a resource and a tool that others uh, can use, whether it's through the coaching that, 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 that we do with our company or, you know, the inspirational conversation that we can have here today. So um, a man that has been given uh, life and I'm truly grateful for that. And I hope others uh, can see um, the joy that it is just to wake up every single day. It's a beautiful reminder for all of us to just find that connection, deeper connection again with ourselves and the higher power or the divine force, God, as you say. And mm. talk to me about how you uh, found that worldview, this faith-based worldview. Uh, who, what, and where is God to you? Hmm. Question I've never been asked that way. To say how I, I found it, I mean, I think that's ultimately what we're, we're all here for. So, you know, I work in addiction, right? And I think people oftentimes find themselves in these patterns, you know, more often not with, a, with an addiction, something that's incredibly destructive in their life. And oftentimes it's because they're looking for something beyond this material reality. So for me, that started very, very young, just trying to escape pain, escape feelings that, you know, a young man, you know, at, at the time without, you know, so my parents separated when I was 15 and that kind of caused a lot of anger in, in my life and not having anything to lean into at that time. Um, I started to look externally, look, you know, material wise, um, whether it was through drugs, alcohol, sex, pornography became, you know, the real one that had a grip on me for, for many, many years. But even when I got into my twenties and, you know, I got into working and business and having some success, you know, I tried to fill these holes and gaps inside of me with material possessions, uh, you know, started with shoes, clothes, cars, uh, or, or watches like in the beginning. And then it got into some bigger things. And, and, and also with that kind of came, you know, when you're having success in business, you're making, you know, quite a bit of money more than, you know, you came from, it's like, you look for ways to, to once again, fill those, fill those holes. So I got into partying and drinking. So I think for me, my, my, my path of looking for God has always been a part of my life. Um, I think he found me when I was 35, um, and it was through relationships, um, with, with individuals that truly inspired me, um, men that were living up to, to a standard and in a way of life that I had only ever envisioned and never really seen. Um, so it was through acceptance of, of others and just true unconditional love, uh, from from men and it's and it's and it's interesting because I can remember at 35 years old the first time a grown man outside of my family told me he loved me I didn't accept it at first and it was almost like don't ever say that to me but when I when I you know when I began to to process that a little bit I realized like ultimately that's what we're all we're all here for like um so yes you know where is God God is you know God is love and in one essence um and and I think through the expression of that to others um, is when you can experience, you know, what I would refer to as God and others would say, you know, divine, uh, higher power of being, what, what, whatever it is. I think, you know, I think a lot of us um, use different terminology, but we're speaking, you know, we're speaking in the same, um, uh, 
just in context. So, you know, for me, God isn't a guy that's in the sky. Um, he is, he's the creator of, of all this, you know, whether you want to call it, uh, you know, an intelligent force, uh, an energy, um, you know, I, I, I see, I see a lot of that through, you know, the biblical frame. Um, and that's, and that's just been because, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the Western, you know, I grew up, you know, I grew up in the West. So number one is like, I was born into a Judeo-Christian worldview, even prior to knowing God. Um, so I think that that, that frames a part of it for me. Um, but through, you know, almost a very intellectual, rational, um, unpacking of some of the Bible and looking at my life and, and, in reality, it, what it's, what brings me peace. Um, and, and I, and I think that's where I've gotten to some of, some of my views, whether or not they're right. Um, you know, I only know at the end of this, end of this thing, but Mm -hmm. it does, it does, it does bring, uh, peace in, into my life. You mentioned addiction being this, um, almost a way of, trying to find something deeper, that connection with um, with God, that really resonates true to me. So, and I wonder if this is something that is necessary because I also see that through my own life, it has been suffering and pain that got mm. me to connect deeper with this divine force. Yeah. So does it always take suffering, Frank, to get there? <laughs> to be connected to God or we can find the connection in a more gentle way? Man, what a beautiful question that is. Um, and, you know, you, you, you look at, you know, Christianity, right. You know, pick up, pick up your cross daily. Like, you know, I, I interpret that as, you know, almost look for the daily struggle, look for the daily challenge. You know, Jesus carried his, you know, cross, you know, when he couldn't walk, he carried it, you know, I don't know how many miles, but he ultimately carried his own cross to his death. Um, I mean, you think about the ultimate, you know, form of suffering, it's, it's carrying your own cross to your final destination where, you know, you're going to, to die. Um, I, I, I can't imagine there's been, there's been no suffering in my life that has compared to that. But you look at other world religions as well, right? You know, Buddha says life is suffering. Um, you know, so, you know, to, 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 to say that we can know God, experience God, experience the divine without suffering. I, I don't, I don't think so. Um, because it's, 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 it's almost that polarity effect, right? You know, if, 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 if suffering is the ultimate low that we can experience, if it's the most pain, uh, across the board, well, what's, what's the opposite side of that? It's, 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 it's the peace or it's the ultimate joy. It's the experience. So I think there's that, I think that's the polarity component to it. Now I, Unfortunately, most people have to get to a, a stage of suffering within their life through an addiction or through trauma or through pain that, you know, they've either brought on themselves consciously or subconsciously to have a wake up call. Uh, and, and, and it's in that wake up or that enlightenment or, you know, whatever that moment is, however you want to phrase that, that often people begin to look for God. So I, I, I think people can, can find him without the suffering, but I think the path to knowing him completely or knowing the divine fully, uh, is, is going to require suffering. Cause you just, you just look at, you know, every world religion or spiritual, you know, spiritual practice, um, in, in history, and they all talk about the need of suffering. I have to um, 
agree with that. <laughs> the suffer from my own experience has been, mm-hmm. yeah, suffering has led me to that path, the spiritual path. And I had talked to so many people, they say the same thing. But it seems like it's not required for some of us. And I often wonder why some of us suffer so much to reconnect and with the divine and, and some of us don't. That might be another conversation about past lives. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, you know, I mean, you know, um, you know, Christianity would tell you that, you know, that may have something to do with, you know, the the passing of, you know, generational um, sin through, you know, through through a family lineage there. Um, but oftentimes it's it's that one that does experience um, the deep, deep suffering, but then has that, uh, you know, that awakening they go on to then change the generations uh, forever and in in the positive. So, you know, we're you know when we when we see others, you know, that maybe have an experience of suffering, we got to realize like there was there probably was a person in that in that family uh, lineage or in that family tree um, that had had that ultimate suffering, um, and then it was in it was in the changing of 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 a family legacy that I think that you can really really set forth, and that's and that's kind of. So this goes a little bit deeper into just kind of like, you know, what I believe I'm here to do, um, you know, for, for me, my family and in my last name. So I look, you know, I, I, you know, grew up, you know, seeing pretty much every man in my in my family struggle with some type of uh, addictive behavior, uh, whether it's drugs, alcohol, um, sex, gambling. I have three generations of men that have taken their lives. So suicide has been very prevalent in my life. And, you know, I have somewhere near 25, 26 cousins um, right now on the just on the male side of things. So there's, you know, there's 26 opportunities here um, to change the legacy of the last name Rich. And, you know, I don't mean this is a way to like uplift myself above anybody else. But when I look at, at the 26 of us, it's like, who's going to be the one that's actually going to do it? Like, I kind of feel like I was the one that was called. Um, so, you know, that really drives me a lot, this, you know, this, this part of this, this topic, because yeah. I do think that one individual um, can change the meaning of a last name forever. How did you become aware of this calling? And I guess the question is, how do we know when we are being called for something like this? Mm. I think oftentimes it's our it's our greatest pain, right? It's 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 the area in which we're suffering the most, or you know, uh, a specific trauma um, that we've had to experience, go through, learn from, and then it's in us processing, learning, growing, and healing from that that we find answers, answers that maybe could have helped us in the past, but if it could have helped us in the past, that means it can help others. Um, so I think for me, it was, you know, struggling with addictions and compulsive behaviors, uh, for almost 20 years. And at the crux of that really being a pornography addiction that had a grip on me for a very long time. And, um, as I began to, you know, process, heal and recover from that, um, it was around the same time I was growing in my faith and relationship uh, with God. So it all just kind of came together at once. Um, and and I just remember feeling, you know, as I was experiencing change, you know, through my recovery from pornography addiction, I felt like other people could benefit from hearing my experience. Um, and and it and it literally felt like a just a call to share. A story. Um, and that was the genesis of my podcast, The Superhuman Life. And back then it was purely about, you know, sharing a story and sharing 
other people's stories, much like you're, you're doing here. Um, and then it, and then it grew, um, you know, into, you know, a much bigger mission. And then out of that kind of birthed, you know, the coaching company and everything that we're doing. But I think for me, I think I even knew growing up that I don't want to say I'm special because that's, that's, that's once again, is like me, uh, bragging about myself. But I, I even knew coming up, like growing up, like with, with my family, like there, there was something unique and I always, I always knew I was meant for more. So I, I, I feel like, you know, and then when you asked the question at the beginning, like, you know, my, my, my journey to finding God, like, I, I think back then, like I knew that there was something beyond this, this material world now without having a strong foundation that I was, you know, born into that seeking, you know, led to addiction, drugs, sex, alcohol, everything that I've already, already kind of talked about. But I felt very early on, um, in my life that, um, that I was here for something special and that I was going to do big things in the world. So there was already that you had this intuitive kind of feeling about that. Yeah. That resonates true to me as well. It's that that calling has been always there, actually. It's that we sometimes just kind of fail to listen to that voice. And then and then even when, you know, when I look, you know, I look at my my life and my career and, you know, the the opportunities that I've been given, you know, to to learn leadership, to learn communication, to learn persuasion at, at a very, very young age, Valeria, like I was given, you know, employment opportunities, 21, 22 years old that I wasn't really qualified for at the time. Um, but it was through, you know, that training, that, that development, um, that many of the things that I'm, I'm doing today are able to succeed because, you know, in, in running a, a, a podcast, leading a movement, you know, leading a coaching organization, running businesses, you know, operating, you know, managing teams like requires leadership, uh, organizational skills, persuasion, influence. Like these are, these are things that, you know, you just aren't, aren't born with, but I was given incredible opportunities, um, that looking back now is like, okay, yeah, it, like it, it, it kind of all made sense. Like God, you know, I believe God was preparing me, uh, for these, for these moments that I'm in right now. So now this is a good time to talk about the programs, the services that you offer, Frank, I know the reboot to your life program, but you also offer group coaching, the 12 month mastermind that we just talked about off record. Mm-hmm. I'd love to know yeah, how it works. I love the three phases, though. They are very inspiring to rewire your brain, rebuild your body, and reshape your heart. I, I love that. <laughs> What's not to love about that, anyway? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I appreciate I appreciate that. Yeah, um, yeah, so that's our, you know, that's our Reboot Your Life program. That's our, you know, that's our core, um, you know, program that we have for the men of, of Rebuilt Recovery. So Rebuilt Recovery, uh, we're a company that helps men uh, we say we help men become better men by quitting porn first and then rebuilding your life. So, you know, just kind of, you know, touching on the topic of, of addiction, you know, we had kind of talked offline about this a little bit, right? Like I'm not somebody that, you know, believes that addiction, um, is a disease or, you know, it's, 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 it's not a brokenness within you because I think all humans are broken. We all have flaws that we have to work through. Um, addicts, I actually believe people that are struggling with addiction, um, are truly high performers that haven't tapped into that high performance. And oftentimes, 
um, they they use the the addiction or the compulsion or the you know the destructive behavior because they're not feel they're not, they don't feel fulfilled uh, because they're not tapping into whether it's a high performance or what their true true calling is. So our reboot your life program it's a it's a 16 week uh, program that we offer uh, in a course, but we also use that course. Uh, inside of our group coaching. So those three things you mentioned are kind of the foundational pillars that I believe it takes um, to fully, you know, reboot, reset and rewire from pornography. So it's the rebuilding of the body. That's the first component, right? So if you're struggling with an addictive behavior, whether it's with pornography, drugs, sex, gambling, it doesn't matter. This addiction is something that's is living inside of you. So separating, you know, the body from the soul spirit, right? So we are, I believe we are a soul or spirit, you know, or spiritual being living through a body, right? We're, we're all having a biological experience. I think hopefully we can all agree upon that. So the rebuilding of the body, if, if, if the pattern is made its way to the point where it's out of control within you, then we have to kind of get back control of your body. So we, we do that through a nutritional approach, um, where we use a lot of fasting, um, intermittent fasting, prolonged fasting as well. Uh, but then there's a training component, you know, cause I think men, um, are meant to be strong. I think they're meant to be, um, strong, durable, able to defend, uh, pr- protect. Um, and that's just, you know, you're, you're going to get there through physical development. So that's, that's, that's the first component. The second one is really the core focus of a recovery from a pornography addiction. And that's the rewiring of your brain. Um, you know, pornography, the high, you know, the high dopamine, uh, dopaminergic stimulus that you get from watching a lot of hot, uh, internet streaming pornography, it hijacks your, uh, your dopamine reward center. So we have to reset that. Um, and this is great because when men actually allow the program to work, they, their world changes. They see the world differently because the, the eyes are a part of your brain. So if you reset your brain, you get a healthy brain, you're going to see things a whole lot differently. Um, you begin to think differently. You begin to express gratitude, love, joy on a whole different level. Uh, so that's a rewiring of, of the brain that's really centered and built around a lot of neuroscience principles. Um, and then the third component is, is the reshaping of the heart. And where I kind of got to that is realizing that when you're caught up in a pornography addiction specifically, you use people both on the screen, but oftentimes in your life as objects. Um, you know, the ones on the screen become objects for your own pleasure. Um, but you begin to, you begin to wire your brain. Um, and that's how you see people. Like they've actually done brain scans. When you look at pornography, the part of the brain that lights up is the part that is associated with using objects. So when I talk about reshaping of the heart, it's really how you see people, treat people, interact with people and how you show up in, 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 in really a state of love and service to others. Um, so there's components of like service and just random acts of kindness that really help, uh, the men, you know, begin to see people through, through a different lens. And then when you, you tie those three components together, um, that's, you know, that, that's what makes the the core principles of our reboot your life program, which is the 16 week, uh, recovery program that we have, uh, for the men that are struggling with pornography addiction. Once they've completed in that, you know, they've reset, reboot their life. We then have a year long mastermind program that they can qualify to be a part of. Um, so this isn't open to just anybody like this, this requires an application process because, um, it's very intense. It's very comprehensive. I partnered with, uh, a Navy SEAL, um, and a best-selling author, uh, to develop the curriculum and it's centered around 11, 
um, you know, call it leadership tenets or, or, or superhuman virtues. So we talk about building courage, honor, responsibility, communication, how to develop ambition, how to develop leadership. Um, and, and, and there's 11 of those, you know, core tenets or core virtues that we spend a year on, uh, with the emphasis really being on individual leadership. So coming back to our mission statement with rebuild recovery, we help men become better men by quitting porn first and rebuilding your life. Well, once we quit, that's what we do in the four months. The next year is developing you to be the leader that you need to be for yourself first, for your home, for your family, for your company, for your community, um, and anywhere else, you know, essentially the kingdom that, that the man is going to step into. So that's, you know, super long winded there, but you know, those are, those are kind of, uh, the core offerings that we have with our programs, um, outside of the free books and all that kind of stuff. You know, we have a lot of other things there, but the reboot your life course, the group coaching, which is the reboot your life course done in a group setting environment, uh, where we bring in community brotherhood, uh, deeper mm-hmm. levels of accountability. And then, the becoming superhuman is the 12 month mastermind. I love all that. <laughs> it's inspired growth. That's what I see. Just uh, evolution, getting to know ourselves deeper and going into this adventure of life that life is to me with more elevated everything, elevated thoughts, uh, ideas, vision, the body, of course, is included. Yeah. So it's very inspiring to, to see this. Well, thank you. I really, I really like that word that you, you, you use there growth, right? You know, um, you know, I really, you know, when I talk about addiction recovery, you know, kind of my perspective and lens on this is addiction recovery is very, um, intentional and self-directed, like personal development, you know, so we're going to use, you know, we're going to use a lot of principles, you know, that you're going to get inside of the self-development or, or, or the personal development world. We're going to tie in spirituality and training and fitness and accountability. Um, but when I talk about like our approach to recovery, and I think what makes rebuilt recovery different from a 12 steps or, you know, other, other programs that are out there is I am, I am focused on the growth principles. Like, you know, if you're struggling with something in your life, it's because you're not yet the person, whether it's man or woman that cannot struggle with those things. And I think the path to not struggling with something, if you're struggling with it is to grow out of the struggle and you grow out of the struggle through the personal development, the self-development within you. So yeah. Um, and that's really been, you know, our perspective. So when you said growth there, it's like, okay, like, it, it, it made me feel good because it's like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the message that I've been trying to, to get across. I love the piece of the uh, reshaping your heart when you mentioned just becoming, seeing people not as objects, just having more empathy, compassion, and the connectivity of it all, that we are not separate from others and all other things. Everything is a reflection of us in a way. So that's a very powerful piece. Another question that comes to me is that I didn't write here, but just came to me. Is pornography something done by men mostly? I was never interested. As a woman, I was never interested in pornography. So I'm wondering if men engage more with that than women. Or have you seen both? Um, You know, Four, four years into this thing, you know, I've heard, I've heard from a handful of women, obviously, you know, um, you know, we've done thousands of consultation calls at this point, you know, millions of views on our, on our videos. So you'll get the occasional woman that reaches out. Um, you know, it's interesting because a lot of, you know, 
the early work that I was doing in, in the beginning, 2019, 2020 was, was trying to understand this, you know, from a, from a scientific perspective. So, you know, I have a background health fitness training, you know, was, was a personal trainer, nutrition, you know, coach, bodybuilder for a long time. So for me, science, you know, science has always made a lot of sense. And I'm, you know, and, and I'm not somebody that, that, that comes from a, you know, Christian worldview that, that doesn't believe that you can believe in the Bible and science. Um, I, I think you, I think both of them can be true at the same time, different truths. Um, so, so for me, I, you know, I really spent, you know, about 18 months trying to understand the brain and how pornography was, was impacting it. Um, and through a lot of that research, I, you know, I read a, a, a couple different books, Wired for Intimacy was one by Dr. William Struthers and then Dopamine Nation by Dr. Anna Lemke, uh, which was actually a great book that was published, released just last year. I had Anna on my podcast. Um, but both of them just, they, they, they talk very openly and very clearly about the differences in the male and the female brain. Um, so there are parts of the male brain that are much more visually simulated. Um, so that's, that's why you see pornography more prevalent and, and it's much more, um, intriguing to men because of the visual simulation that our brains are just wired to respond to. Um, but what was interesting in my conversation with Dr. Anna Lemke, and she actually opens up her book, Dopamine Nation, talking about her struggles with erotica novels, uh, particularly the Twilight series. So whereas the man's brain is wired in a way that it can easily fall into an addiction uh, with visual stimulation, the female brain on the other end uh, is much more likely to fall into an addiction uh, with the creative stimulation of like reading um, intense erotica novels because there's kind of that fantasy component um, that a woman then can kind of use her own imagination. So I have seen the women um, that have reached out to me and I, and I think it's becoming a bigger issue with younger girls because I think girls today are getting exposed to internet pornography um, probably, you know, at a, like a much younger age than you. I mean, I don't, I don't know your age, but I'm assuming when you were 11 years old, you didn't have an iPhone. Um, ah, yeah, right. I'm 45 now and I didn't have an iPhone when yeah, I was 11. You know, no. so, so, so these young girls at a very you know, young age uh, in, in an early stage of their brain development are seeing the same graphic stuff that the young boys are seeing. So I think it's becoming a bigger issue in, in younger teenage girls right now than it's ever been. That's sad, isn't it? Because I, yeah, I have heard that too, although I'm not exposed to any news of any kind in the sense of... Uh, what do you call the mainstream media, like TV yeah. and all that? I choose not to. Yeah, well, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, I don't follow a lot of mainstream, you know, stuff as well. But you know, just having to know, you know, know what's going on in the world. It's like I do know that the average age of first exposure to pornography right now for both boys and girls is 10 to 11 years old. Um, and, 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 you know, I tell, you know, I try to, you know, advise parents, you know, if there's parents out there right now and you have young children you got to get in front of this thing as, as, as early as possible. And I think it's done through actually addressing the topic. Because one thing I say to you know parents, there will come a time in your child's life when their eyes see something that their brain is not developed to handle. An 11-year-old brain, whether it's a boy's or girl's brain, is not equipped, it's not uh, prepared, and it's not it wasn't made um, to see 
high graphic, uh, very hardcore, unlimited amounts of internet streaming pornography. Um, so I think parents need to, to get in front of it as much as they possibly can. That's a, a great advice, though. And I interviewed somebody recently who he, he's a parent. I think he has six children. Six. Oh. Yeah, lots of them. And he was um, also addicted to pornography. So he wrote a book about and we talked here about it. I don't often talk about sexuality, but I love when this is connected to spirituality, because mm. then we kind of see that polarity, that disconnection, unfortunately. We can use everything for let's say, our benefit or our destruction. That's the truth. Any, mm. Anything. I don't see anything as unnatural, but I do see the the amount, just the, um, that, uh, let's see, the engagement level. <laughs> Although I don't, I have no engagement with the mainstream TV and all that whatsoever. Yes. And I, I wonder if I'm already becoming a little bit too, um, let's say, alienated from the world, <laughs> from this reality as it is overall. I'm not sure that's a bad thing. <laughs> it's not, my friend. I love being just in contact with the things that I that I kind of enjoy from the heart, from that place that's um, wants the best for me and for others at the same time. That's yeah. how I navigate this. Yeah, I don't think we're I don't think we're made in in meant to know everything that's going on in the world. Mm, like you know, yeah. like you know, yeah. maybe this is the you know, not maybe this is you know the first time in human history. You know, the last. 10 years where we pretty much have immediate access to every world event. I mean, you know, think 50 years ago, like something, like something happened, you'd have to, you know, write a letter to somebody, you know, ship it across the world. Like hopefully they would get it two weeks, two weeks later. It's like, we, yeah. So I think, I think what you're doing is, is very, is very healthy and it's, and it's the same things I try to do. So I don't consume, you know, I don't even have cable. Um, I couldn't even turn TV on if I, if I wanted to, um, now I stay up to date on, you know, certain relevant topics, uh, because they're tied to the work that I do. So I do keep, you know, a finger and pulse on, um, you know, human trafficking, sex trafficking, because, uh, our company does some work with, uh, with a few nonprofits because there is a tie, uh, to pornography, um, from, from those worlds. So I, I do have to keep my pulse on some current events, but I try to stay in my lane as much as possible and just consume what I feel I need to know, uh, to be able to do, do the things I'm trying to do. Just listening to you talk about that too. I interviewed somebody for the first time about human, tra uh, I think it was, um, prostitution and human trafficking, like young girls and boys. That was like something that I never heard about it. And then it was shocking to me that this is, happening and everything now it seems with pornography it seems like it's connected isn't it just human beings using other human beings for commerce for the yeah. sake of profit that is um i mean it's really sad to hear i don't know what else it's, to say no it is it is incredibly incredibly sad you know i've i've i've, I've addressed the topic you know half a dozen times on on my podcast whether it's with founders of nonprofits, um i've had survivors of human trafficking uh we have an upcoming episode coming up in in a few weeks with the founder uh of exodus cry which is a uh, filmmaking company, massive nonprofit organization that does a lot of documentaries on just the dangers of pornography, the truth behind it. They just released a three-part series on teen pornography and how it's becoming such a huge prevalent issue. And there was one thing that we were talking about just kind of ties to what you were just saying there. Um, 
every, so there's been one consistent, um, in every person that's ever been arrested for human trafficking. There's been one thing that across the board with every single one of them has been consistent and it's not their race. It's not their age. It's not their religion. It's not their worldview. It's not that they had trauma. Every single one of them, um, has had a pornography addiction. So, so there's a, there is, there is a direct tie. You don't, you don't end up, um, purchasing, sex illegally from somebody without having gone through the pornography tunnel. Um, and then there's a flip side of it, right? So, you know, these traffickers, these criminals will use pornography to, um, condition the girls that are, that are, uh, I don't want to say working for them, but the girls that are their, their slaves, you know, so they will, you know, if, if a girl is going to be, you know, sleeping with three guys at one time, they will, they will condition and prep her by exposing her to some very graphic pornography, just like, Hey, just so you know, like, this is what's going to happen to you. So it's not like a shock to them. So yeah, I mean, I know that's probably not where you wanted to go today. That's some really, you know, dark stuff, but there's a direct, you know, there's a direct tie and that's, that's, that's why, you know, we give a significant amount of money every month, uh, to, to fight this. Yeah, that's wonderful to know, Frank. Education is definitely support. Education is the I see as the antidote mm-hmm. to violence and abuse. I really go for self knowledge. Like when you talk to me about self leadership, that really caught my attention <laughs> off record because that's what we want people to know more who they are and their connection. Yeah. To this higher ground so we don't get yeah. lost. Yeah. And just to maybe tie a bow on, you know, this this part of the conversation, because I, I agree, I think education is important. But, you know, I mentioned I've done six, you know, six or so episodes on the topic of human trafficking. And, and one quote that I use from Albert Einstein at the beginning of every single one of them is, and I don't know the year that he said this, but Einstein famously said that, that the world will not be destroyed by those that do evil, but by those that sit back and watch pretend that nothing is taking place. So I think education is important, but it's not just the education of knowing what's happening. It's what are we actually doing with that? So if we know that there's bad things happening in the world, knowing that is one thing. What are we doing to help those that are suffering? What are we doing to prevent these from making their way into our communities? Like, you know, like, yeah, there's going to be, you know, there's going to be leaders. There's going to be warriors out there on the human trafficking side, people like Tim Ballard that runs OUR or some of the friends that I'm involved with here that really run organizations. They're the ones championing this cause, but they need our help. They need our help with our voices. They need our help with our, our, our resources, money, finances, whatever it is. So I think it's, I think it's knowing first, but then it's, what are you doing with the information that, that, you know, that is ultimately going to produce the change in the world that we need. Yeah. That's another powerful message we, we need to hear and be reminded of, right? Not just watch, but do something about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's beautiful. Thank you so much for doing what you do. That's like in a large scale. And of course you're, you're the inspiration for all of us to do the same and just try, not in the sense of, um, let's say unleashed ambition, but with different intentions in mind, but really with the open heart with this really beautiful uh, inspired idea that we can help others to heal and to see themselves better by doing what we do and that's why I do what I do I see that from you too especially when you you bring this um, spirituality into the conversation and your faith that mm. really says a lot <laughs> so thank you so much for being who you are Frank open to life yes well thank thank you
And then we're almost at the end now. I want to mention that you also offer a an ebook. It's titled Discover the Seven Steps to Quitting Porn for Good and Living the Life You're Created to Live. And then within my last questions to you, I'll include that one because that you made me you made me curious about what is uh, you have been talking about probably here, I'm sure. But I want to ask you specifically, what is that life that we, we were created to live? But before I ask that question, will be my ending question. Would you like to add anything that you left unsaid for today's conversation? Um, no, I mean, I, you know, I appreciate, uh, you know, I appreciate the opportunity here, here today to come on and speak with you. I've really enjoyed, um, our time here. I think you're, you're great at what you do. You ask very, um, very great questions, very in, in, in engaging. I've really enjoyed, um, this conversation and I just, you know, want to, want to thank you, um, for what you do, the work, um, just the love and, and, and pure joy that you're trying to share with the world. I think what you're doing is much needed. And it's been an honor to uh, spend some time here with you today. Thank you so much, Frank, for the encouragement. And that's interesting that you said that because a lot of people say that in a way, oh, you ask good questions, but that's not really, and you're good at what you do. But it's interesting when I hear that, all I'm doing really is following that intention to help myself and others mm. from the heart. And it's not really, I'm not trying to be good, <laughs> really. Sometimes I don't even know like what question to ask um, next. And then I just mumble and, but it's just, you know, it's the intention that matters. And I trust that. I really and I think trust that's it. why the, and I think that's why the authenticity comes out, right? It's like, you know, you, like you didn't just come here today with, you know, a set of questions, you know, I'm sure you had kind of yes. you know, an idea of where you kind of wanted to take some things, yes. but you could tell that there was like a back and forth engagement. And for me as somebody, you know, I've done, you know, just for my show, you know, recorded 164 episodes at this point, we've published 155 of them. Um, you know, I've been interviewed at this point, probably another 150 times on these, um, and also somebody that's listened to, I don't know how many tens of thousands of hours of podcasts in probably the last 10 years. The ones that I've always felt, you know, have had the greatest impact on me are the ones where you feel like you're just sitting in a conversation with, with two people. And that's what I felt like here, here today. There was, there was a great exchange back, you know, exchange of ideas between both of us and the back and forth dialogue. So my last question to you is about the idea of living the life we are created to live. What does it look like if you were to summarize that in um, some short phrases? Yeah. So I mentioned, I just mentioned, right, I've done 164 episodes on my podcast. I end everyone uh, with the same question. So my show is called The Superhuman Life. Um, so I always ask the guests take, you know, what, what does it mean to you to live a super life? But a lot of times like this is coming at the end of a discussion where maybe we're talking about fitness or health or biohacking. So a lot of times it's kind of a question I ask that's not really relevant to the previous part of the conversation. So I always, I always preface it with how I think about living a superman life. So that's what I'm going to use to answer your question. Cause I think living the life we were created to live is ultimately living a superman life. So it's a belief system that I hold, um, that we were put here for a purpose. So there's a calling and purpose on, on your life right now. And I think you're operating in it. Um, but it's only going to be successful because you're intentional about your growth and you're intentional about the work that you do on a daily basis. So living a super life is understanding and believing that you're here for a purpose, but it's you're taking aggressive and intentional uh, intentional action every single day to develop the skill sets needed to bring that purpose to the world in service and love for others. 
That's beautiful. <laughs> I love that intention. I'll have the link, your podcast link on your this podcast conversation profile as well and your website as well. So for now, Frank, what is the best way to find more information about you, your services, coaching in future projects? Yeah, I, um, you know, the podcast is great, you know, to, to hear, you know, weekly conversations across, you know, many, many subjects. To connect, you know, best with me, like I'm very active on on Instagram. Um, you know, I replied all all messages there. You know, you can you can pick up the book at sevenstepguide.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel at uh, at Coach Frank Rich. So Coach Frank Rich on YouTube, Coach Frank Rich on Instagram. Those are the best two places to uh, connect uh, personally with me. Wonderful. So I'll have those links, those handles on your podcast profile. So I want to thank you again for your beautiful presence and intention to help others, yourself and others. I felt the honesty behind it all, and that really touched me in a very deep way. That's what I wish for humans, to wake mm. up to their purpose and see the deeper connection within it all, all of us, and, and just live for that. Uh, it, it's the most, to me, the most peaceful place and meaningful place to come from, to live, mm. exist from. So yeah, I see that in you. Thank you so much again, Frank, for being open. Thank you. We'll talk soon. Take good care of yourself. Bye for now. Thank you for listening. To learn more about Frank and his work, please visit rebuiltrecovery.com. To learn more about this podcast, please visit fitforjoy.org slash podcast. Thank you again for listening and bye for now.